Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast. This podcast is for Black entrepreneurial and career women who crave information that resonates and is practical. I'm Khalida Dubose, and in this podcast, I want women to know what is possible. Today, that means taking a look at the role that trauma plays in our lives and businesses as Black women and women of color. And our guest, Latasha Gatling, is here to discuss this timely topic with me. Latasha is the founder of Mommy More Bucks, a personal coaching service where she uses her proprietary bloom growth mindset method for women of color who identify as mompreneurs. She believes that women are most powerful when they learn to bloom where they're planted or turn their trauma into fuel for their dreams. For more than a decade, she's been on a personal journey to heal from her own experiences of childhood trauma and has dedicated her career to guiding women to heal so that they can live the life they desire. It's such a pleasure to have her here. Latasha, welcome to the Black Girl Business Bar. Thank you so much for having me. I want to make sure I'm saying your name right. Khalida, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. I was actually going to ask it off air, but I'll ask on air. What do okay. you refer to yourself as in terms of like entrepreneur, business owner? Mm -hmm. This is something I love to ask women. It's so crazy because I feel like there are so many coaches out there. And when you say coach, um, it already has a connotation to it. Mm -hmm. So people feel like they know what a coach is supposed to do. So um, I did start out as a, a business coach, but then I realized like, I don't, I don't know as much about business as I need to know to be able to coach. I'm better at going through things and then guiding people on the experience that I had. And sometimes that is a coach, but sometimes that's not a coach. So um, I've gotten to the point where people have dubbed me the mindset influencer because they say when you go to my page, you read my content, you go to my website, you will get a lot of inspiration. I give you a, um, I give you what they say, like is a pause to like, you know, reflect and think on what I just said and how it relates to you. So um, I'm working hard to get away from the coaching part. I'm like, maybe I'll come back to it. But with great power comes great responsibility. And if you look at like basketball and football, you see that the coaches have a great weight on their shoulders to bring out the best in people. Mm -hmm. So I like to bring out the best without having the weight on my shoulders. Right, right. Yeah, so I think one of my other guests said, I'm a mentor because mentor is like guiding you along, you know, through what I went through. And I like that word as well. Mm -hmm. Mentor. Um, yes, I like I that do, too. But you're right. We do coaching as well. Sometimes we consult, you know, um, so it can, mm -hmm. yeah, it can get kind of weird. But yeah, I love to know like, um, and do you consider yourself a business owner or like an entrepreneur? Like which one of those do you use? I use both um, because usually people don't refer to me as a business owner, as usually an entrepreneur, because mm -hmm. um, the, the term entrepreneur means risk taker. And I've definitely taken a lot of risk in starting Mommy More Bucks because it's it's not like it just happened overnight. I've been doing this for over 10 years. I've changed the name of it. I've changed the way that I've handled myself. I've changed the trajectory of what I was offering. So um, I definitely say that I'm an entrepreneur. All right. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I love that you're just owning it. I feel the same way. I do both. I'm like, I'm a business owner, but I'm also an entrepreneur. I definitely resonate right. with an entrepreneur a lot. All right. You got to be a business owner on paper. That's the main thing. So you can start, you know, making yourself legit. So on paper, yes, I am a business owner. My Mommy Mobucks is trademarked. I have my website. I have my um, LLC. I have everything in order in that way. So yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. So tell us a little bit about your background and how that led you into entrepreneurship. 
I remember being a little girl and someone had, um, I knew this guy neighbor, he had, he worked at a, um, at a candy store, I guess like they used to like make the candy and stuff to put in the boxes. So I remember he brought me home like this big box of push pops and they were like, I think 20 or 30 in there. And you know, as a little kid, you're like, wow, this is great. But after eating so many, I was like, I can't eat anymore. My mother was like, why don't you sell it? And I was like, I can't sell these. Like, who's going to want to buy candy from me? You buy candy from the candy store. Because I'm in like second or third grade. I don't know any better. Right. So then I do take them to, to school. And I think I started selling them for like 25 or 35 cents. And they went. And that scared me. Because I was just like, I didn't have a plan. I, I didn't have like a, can I go to him and get more? You know, um, where do I buy more at? There was no plan. It was just like I was thrown out there. But that was like my first taste of being an entrepreneur where I was like, so if I have something that people want, I can charge them for it and they're going to buy it. But how do I keep it up? And I feel like that was like the seed planted. And then I realized as time went on, I needed to really like figure things out. So really in like 2009, it it just came from a place of wanting to help people. I hate seeing people who are hurt and they feel like they don't have any hope left. That just like really, really touches me. And I've always been like, one of those people like, oh, what can I do to help? Can I just give you some encouraging words? Can I look up something for you, get you some information? So Mommy Warwicks was basically born from that, where I just had people around me that needed help and I was there to help and it just took off from there. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. That's amazing. And I think the best, sometimes the best businesses come from like a place where you're like, hey, this is something I struggle with. This is something I see people struggling with. And I feel like I have leadership in this and I can, I can help, you know, but right. the crazy thing is I didn't really feel like that because, right. you know, what you said is so, I feel like that comes with time. Like when you look back at, and it's in hindsight, you're like, I have the leadership to do this. I, I have um, messed up a lot. I made a lot of mistakes and I, I can tell people when I see that they're going to make those mistakes and I can actually help them. So that has definitely come with time because the confidence has built as the competence has grown. Yeah. But um, when I started, it was just like my my thing was always, well, who's going to help me? Right. So I'm like, if I don't get it together, I'm not going to get any help. So I don't have a choice. I have to figure it out. I don't have a rich family to fall back on. I don't have a house that my mother owns that I can just say, well, I'll go there and start over for six months. You know, it, there was I, I never saw an escape route. So I was like, I'm going to have to actually make my own. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like essentially you weren't like thinking on a conscious level you know, how can I help people? You know, I can be a leader in this, but it mm-hmm. sounds like to me, and if I, even if I think back to my own journey, it's like, there's always that like inkling, like, well, okay, nobody's going to help me. So I have to figure it out, you know? And I think that is mm-hmm. the beginning of it. And then you start to be like, okay, if I can help me, then I can probably help other people. That thought might come much later, yes. but yep. it's kind of, it's kind of like the natural progression of how, how that happens from my experience. Right. Okay. So your entire platform is about, you know, I'm sure like in a nutshell, it's about like mindset, but it's also like people dealing with their women in particular, dealing with their trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, the trauma that's been going on. So how did you realize you were kind of living your life through the lens of trauma and what gave you the courage to tackle it in such a visible way? Well, for those who don't know me, what I do is I help black women accept the trauma that they have gone through in their life so they will be able to heal from it. And then I use my Bloom and Growth Mindset experiences, which are exercises and workshops for them to be able to figure out 
ways that they can finally put themselves first in their lives because a lot of us have not done that. And then they learn self-care tips so they'll be able to actually go on and live that dream lifestyle that they have been wanting for so long. And um, at first, that was not what I was planning. I, I felt like if I let people see that I had things happen to me that I was not proud of, that they will be able to diminish me. But then as time went on, I realized that if I don't own it, I'm allowing somebody else to take ownership over it and tell my story. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else tells my story, they're telling it from their perspective. They're not going to fully share with you everything that I could. So um, I don't know. It was just like I was doing help for entrepreneurs. And then um, it was like maybe the end of last year, I was like, all right, 2021 is coming. I got to figure out what I want to do moving forward. And like God literally like threw the bloom and growth mindset at me one night. And I just woke up and I wrote everything down and I drew it. And I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. But I was like, but how am I going to do it? I drew like a plant and sun and flowers. And I was like, how am I going to translate this over? So I had a couple of failed attempts in the very beginning of the year where I, you know, created posts and canvas and all that. I'm like, this is it. They're going to love this because God gave it to me and it flopped. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? So I had to like really take some time and like, you know, get inspiration from other people, you know, cut out the the noise and mm-hmm. bring in the people that could actually inspire me to do it. And then as I did that, that's when it started to like really frame itself. and um someone said to me they was like you know I love what you're doing and they pointed out particular posts like my tweet my tweets people love those tweets for some reason my tweets can reach 12 or 13,000 people just over hashtags alone so um they were like can you do more of that and I was like why does this post look so different from others and I realized that my tweets are what I say to myself so it's like I can be like outside and I'll just be like girl if you don't get up off your and do better ain't nobody gonna give you nothing i'm like oh that's a tweet and let me put hashtag mindset and then people will love it they'll share it they'll save it and i was like people want me they don't want mommy more bucks they want me they like mommy more bucks is not a business where it's like a store you go lock and key and you leave it like they feel like i am mommy more bucks so they want to know you know who i am and what is really behind it and that's kind of how i got to the point of sharing my own trauma And I realized as an entrepreneur, when you get on that journey, it's like God's way of saying, I know what you want to do, but you have to heal all of this stuff in you to be able to get there. If you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to be able to handle everything else that comes with being an entrepreneur. So I need you to get the work. Yeah, man, that's so powerful. Just, you know, just to hear your process a little bit, because I think a lot of people have that feeling where they're like, I want to do something. I'm inspired to do it. And a lot of times it's coming from like a personal experience, which yeah. Makes you feel like there's so much more skin in the game, right? You're like, yeah. oh, oh my God. But if I put this out there, then I have to like really expose like the things that have happened to me, the things that I've been through, the things that I'm going through currently. And I think the, sometimes the past stuff for me personally, doesn't bother me so much, like to be able to have to go into that. I mean, it can be, it can be painful if you haven't like fully healed from it, Yeah, but it's like the present stuff. Mm-hmm. Somehow mm-hmm. it feels like if you're if you're talking about your present stuff, it's going to be like, okay, well, you know, you, you kind of can get in your mind about it. Like, okay, well, does she really yeah. have the experience if she's still going through this? But one of the exactly. things, right. And I love that you said you, I think even when we connected uh, last week, you were saying that your tweets, are you talking to yourself? And I was like, okay, so that's super powerful to me too. If, if, if um, people didn't catch that because 
you know, it's like the advice you give yourself is so golden. If, if of course, if you're being real with yourself, it's so golden. Yeah. And when I was like checking out your page and before I approached you, that is exactly what I was thinking. Like, I feel like that's me in the shower. I'm like, girl, <laughs> what are you doing? Why do you keep doing, you know, or why are you playing small? Or, you know, you're kind of giving yeah. yourself that like girlfriend moment. And I really love that. I really, really, really love that. I was like, yeah. Thank and you. I think that is what draws people to you because it certainly drew me to you. Excuse me. Ooh. Yeah. And I think something else that draws people to me too, is that I am a literally real person. Like I'm not knocking nobody else. I'm just talking about myself. But for me, it's like, you are going to have videos of me with my hair not done. You're going to have videos of me with acne prone skin, um, hyperpigmentation. Sometimes I might forget my earrings. You um, are riding in my minivan with me while I'm dropping the kids off or I'm going to the store. Um, people know how I talk and how I deliver. I want you to like talk to me on the live so we can like get to know one another. So, you know, I feel like people feel like they know me, but it's crazy because when some people have like come somewhere to meet me or I've like bumped into them outside, they're like, oh my gosh, you're mommy more folks. And I'm like, I'm Tasha, you know, but in their mind, they're like, I'm finally meeting you. And I'm like, I don't really feel like I'm important or special like that. But, you know, <laughs> when you're doing it from your heart, I guess that's just how it is. It just humbles you when people are like so amazed. Like one time my husband went to the gym and he was like, yeah, there was this lady there. And when I told her about you, because she had a product and he's my number one cheerleader, but he was saying that she Love had it. a product that she makes. So he was like, oh, my wife, um, I want you to, you know, look at her page. She could probably help you. Um, her name is Mommy Morbuck. She was like, you're married to Mommy Morbuck? <laughs> I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, she was like, she couldn't believe I was married to you. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a new one for me. You're a superstar. And he's <laughs> right. just going along for the ride. <laughs> like, wow, and he your wouldn't wife. have it any other way. That's amazing. I love that story. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> All right. So how okay, so when did you realize um you had a viable business and we're maybe we're not using coaching, but kind of guiding women on their mindset and healing through their trauma? Well, it, you know how it is with entrepreneurship. It's multifaceted. It took me a minute to even realize I had a viable business that I can charge people for. And then it transitioned into where we are now. But um, like right before COVID, um, I met a group of women in the Maryland area where I live. And I had moved to Maryland just blind back in 2017 for a job. I didn't know anybody in the area. I never heard of Prince George's County. I was just like brand new to me. And, um, but one thing I always had was Mommy Mobux. I feel like that's kind of like me turning into Wonder Woman. And, you know, I take the clothes off and you don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. So um, in meeting these ladies, I was just like, oh, I'm gonna go out on my network. And I happened to meet um, them at networking events. And some of them connected me to other ones. And I just watched the way that I was able to help them. And for me, I was always, what's going on with your business? What's going on with your business? They trusted me so much. They would start to tell me what's going on with them personally. Whether it was something with their spouse, something with their kids, them not believing in themselves. And I used to be like, but you got a business, but like, do you, are, are you really looking at what you're doing? And then I would just like, you know, continue to just inspire them and pump them up. And then they would they would give themselves another chance. They would be like, I'm not quitting today because I'm not coming to you telling you I quit, you know? So that like really helped where I was like, okay, they're listening. And then I'm like, well, 
how can I make that a business where I'm able to really tell somebody about themselves, like be that little like Jiminy Cricket, you know, on your shoulder. That's like, this is what you need to do. I understand you're tired, but be tired today. Tomorrow you got work to do, you know? So um, I realized that I'd say like right before the pandemic and then helping these ladies push through the pandemic. Like some of them quit their jobs or were laid off and they're actually working and their businesses are thriving. And, you know, when they text me or tell me about things that they have done on their own, I know that I helped to plant that seed and inspire them. So those are the ways that I really knew like, okay, this is a business that I can actually do this. This can work. That's beautiful. Cause I think a lot of people have a very hard time translating myself included, I'll be super honest here, you know, so many people have come to me over the years and asked for advice and I've given them advice and then I'll see them implement that advice. But I still never, not that you're trying to lay claim to it, but you're still kind of like, well, you know, do I have something here? You know, should I, should Mm -hmm. I coach them? And you know, there's like a little nuance thing. So you're like, I'm cheerleading them on, you know, and I'm thinking she's coaching them, (laughs) you know, Um, and we tend to think of ourselves and it just seems like, you know, in that lesser position, not that cheerleading is lesser, right? We need, we all need Mm -hmm. our cheerleaders. I'm definitely people's cheerleaders, but, but like, yeah, that's what I hear. I hear you coaching. And even though it was in a, a non, a non transactional way, right. You didn't sit down and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, sign this contract. We're going to coach, but it was, it's still like, you're out there, you're mentoring, you're, you're mm-hmm. giving somebody that that little bit of juice that they needed that day. I love that. I really, yeah. really respect that and feel like. Oh, thank you. We, we just need so much of that in this life, you know. <laughs> and yeah, I, feel like- I feel like we can't nickel and dime stuff like that. And that was one thing I had to do too because I realized that you know when I did start coming up with my rates and stuff, and I would tell people certain things because either they would shy away because they're like you know they don't have the money or you know they're just not there. Like they got the no factor, they got the like factor, they're working on the trust factor. So um, I just realized I said I spoke to God about it. I like God is one thing that's always been constant in my life, and I would say like God. I got a family to take care of. Like, I do want to help everybody, but I don't want to help them to the point that they go take what I'm, what I'm giving to them. They go on and then they don't come back to me and worry about me and my family. I can't go to the light company and say, well, you know, I helped Diana with her business and, you know, she's doing really well now. She's making six figures. And I helped her three years ago. Can you take 1500 off the bill? That's just not going to happen. So what God told me was all of this is, is still for you in an investment standpoint, like they may not give you the money that you need right now or want right now because you don't need the money. They may not give you the money that you want right now, but what's going to happen is you're going to get the experience. So when you do finally tap on that big ticket offer or however much you're charging, you're going to be confident in your hourly rate. You're going to be confident in what you're saying this uh, package is costing because you put in the time Mm -hmm. and you have people who you can go back to and say, hey, can I get some feedback? Can you, you know, can you fill out this form for me? Can you give me a quote on how you liked working with me? So stuff like that, um, you know, I've always been able to make something out of it, you know, where I'm like, I I have to be able to get something out of this some kind of way because you can't buy people's feedback. You can't buy people's appreciation of you. That's actually genuine and honest. Right. I mean, yeah, that, that is so, 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 so insightful. You know, we all start out at that point where, we have to kind of prove ourselves, you know, and sometimes we, we're, we've done that without realizing it. So I hope anybody listening today, who's just getting started and they're like, but I haven't coached anybody, but I haven't, I don't have anybody to talk to, you know, this was a big thing with me. I was like, well, I haven't really done much, you know, like a few years Mm -hmm. back. And then I was like, wait a minute, 
you've coached all these people, you know, and I started going to them and saying, Hey, you know, what was your experience? Like, Hey, can you give me like a testimonial, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, that's super insightful. And you're so right. You're so right. You're always going to get something out of it. I'm a huge proponent in making sure you charge, you know, appropriately, like, you know, when you get Mm -hmm. to that point, making sure you charge, making sure you're able to sustain your business, you know? And yeah, yeah, sometimes for people, it's just, it's just a matter of gaining that trust before they get into Mm -hmm. a transaction and kind of a relationship with you. You know, we know as like coaches or mentors, if somebody's going to spend three months with you or six months with you, there has to be a certain comfortability. Um, I think especially in your line, which kind of leads me to my next question, you're working with, you know, black women who have, uh, you know, probably some history of trauma. How do you see trauma showing up like in their business? Give us some examples of like, if a person is dealing with trauma and they don't know it, like how could that show up in their life and business? Um, well, because firsthand, I realized things that I was doing that just weren't serving me. That's, that's the first thing. When you see you're doing stuff that's not serving you, check the trauma, (laughs) see what happened that got you to that point. Um, I had people that I was helping and I mean, helping them to the point of getting on TV, um, helping them to the point where they're getting offers and getting in front of people who they would not have met if it wasn't for me. Like, yeah, if it's, if it was meant on their journey, maybe, but I feel like it was meant on my journey and that's why, you know, you got this connection. Right. But then I realized like they were kind of taking advantage. You know, sometimes when you do stuff like that, people get that, what I call genie in the bottle syndrome. Mm-hmm. Now they think they can come to you with any wish and you're going to grant it. Oh my They're gosh. not looking at the fact that you had to put hard work in. It probably took you three years to get to this connection. So you can really know who this was and, you know, get stuff done. But I had to be honest with myself and say, I I got like a rush out of being able to help people. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that would be to my own detriment. If something is not working out, I'm trying to fit that square peg into the round hole. I'm still trying to make it work some kind of way. Like, no, this has to work. So this person can be happy because if they're happy, then I'm happy. No, Mm -hmm. I need to be happy with getting paid. I need to be happy with, you know, having great results that I can repeat. It's not about just getting something done one off and being done. But that comes from the trauma that I went through in my life because I didn't have anything that was stable. So without having a stability, you don't think about having stability in your business. You think about doing one off things, you know. So, yes, there will be some times that you can do things and you're not going to charge for it. But that cannot be your entire life. And you have to be doing it with a purpose. Let it be that that's research. A lot of times research is free anywhere you go in the world. Mm. Think about when you go to a restaurant, fill out this survey and we'll give you our new free fries that we're trying. That it might be trying fries with some new type of seasoning on it. They don't know if it's going to sell or not yet. So they will give them away for free to get your feedback to see how you feel about it. You know, so you have to be mindful of stuff like that, because it's not like the people are taking advantage of your trauma is that you have to learn how to harness it in. So um, I've definitely seen it in a lot of black women. They are not standing firm in stability. Um, They are afraid to, uh, to offer a certain price. Like, I'm not going to say my price on here because by the time this airs or people listen to it in the future, it may not be the same rate. You can, right. you can go and click the link in my bio and visit my website. Totally but, understandable. <laughs> yeah. But let's say, for example, I, I charge $100 an hour, right? Now, if I know I charge $100 an hour, I can't come to somebody and say, well, Pam, it's going to be, uh, it's $100 an hour. But if you don't got it, I understand, you know, we can work something out. I can give you an extra hour free. 
why would I want to come to you if you haven't even let me answer and you're already trying to give me something else because you think that you're not worth $100 an hour? You need to put that $100 an hour out there and leave it like, well, my rates are $100 an hour. If you want to work out and get a multi-hour package, then we can talk about something else. You know, and I've watched women who were firm in that that were black women. And I used to be like, oh, OK, that's too much for me. So, you know, what can we do? What else can we do? And yes, they sometimes have other offerings. But when you know who you're talking to, there's no need to change your price. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. A lot of people don't take the time to niche their target audience down. I said my help statement in the beginning for a reason, because I wanted people to hear exactly what I do. Because if I'm talking to you, as I said, specific things, it drew you in more. Mm, So if you're a black woman who needs to accept that you've been through trauma in your life so you can heal, put yourself first and live your best life, then this is you. And that target audience is usually in the ages of, um, and I say the the earliest is probably like 30 years old up to like maybe 55 or 60, you know, because by then you're aware. Usually in your 20s, you're not aware still. You're living in the pain and the hurt of it and the confusion of it. You don't know how to communicate. But um, when you're going to be a business owner, you have to know how to communicate. You have to know how to handle conflict. You have to know how to say when enough is enough. And you have to be open to learning new things. And a lot of people aren't because of trauma. If you've been traumatized, even if it wasn't in your childhood, if you have been traumatized in a romantic relationship or in a friendship or at school or at work, more than likely your communication was compromised. Yeah. Either the person didn't want to hear you saying anything or you over communicated to get your point across and you were ignored. So imagine bringing that into business. I'm coming to get my hair done with you. I'm trying to tell you what I want and you're going off the rails talking to me for 10 minutes, trying to convince me why I need to stay with you and get my hair done. You just wasted 10 minutes of my time. That's not what I'm here for. I need to get the hair done and get out, you know? So I see a lot of black women dealing with trauma and it surfaces in different ways. And then what they start to do is create those limiting beliefs. They start to take the words of, of people in their lives who have downed them and say, you know what? My mother was right. I'm not going to be anything. You know what? My boyfriend was right. I don't don't know what I'm doing. I'm not ever going to be anything. I'm going to have to keep this um, section A and keep living in the projects, Mm. you know? Oh, like my teacher said, I had my second child by the time I was graduating from high school. That's why I didn't finish. So, you know, here we are again, another disappointment to add to the list. Man. Yeah. I, I, yeah, 100%. And what I hear you really saying is like women, what you see with black women is just that, that, Sometimes it's coming out in different ways, but that inability to create our own healthy boundaries and then stick mm-hmm. to those things like pricing, right? It's like, yeah, you stick to your pricing because that's your boundary. And honestly, like you said, sometimes people are not trying to like nickel and dime you. They don't know where your boundary is, right? Yeah. If you, if you're going to yeah. give me a world-class service for like, you know, $50 an hour versus $150 <laughs> an hour. Yeah. I'm going to take it because I also have to budget, yeah. you know, um, So it's not the other person's responsibility to figure out like what you're worth, right? It's like what you tell me what you're worth. And I think you're absolutely right. There's never been a provider who has told me this is my price. And then I said, could you lower it for me? I was like, oh, okay. You know, let me come back to you when I can afford it. And I've gone back to dozens of people, right? I, I'm Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) my family knows, like, I'm a huge stick to your price person like when I coach mm-hmm. I'm like stick to your price and you're right we there can be like interim things that you can offer as well you know mm-hmm. to uh serve within your audience but you know maybe 
serve them at a level that they can afford at that point. But yeah, the whole lowering and devaluing your own self. Right. (laughs) I totally get that. You can't do it. And it's unfortunate, but a lot of us come from spaces where we were raised by people who didn't know either and they can only do the best that they could. But um, what I equate it to, if you, if you're having problems thinking about your pricing and sticking with your rates and and keeping within your hourly um, time constraints, think about a baker. If a baker says a cake is $11, more than likely they, you know, know how much eggs, flour, water, whatever it is, they're, they're putting all of their cost into the price so that way they can get their profit. So right now we're in a pandemic. Eggs probably have gone up. Uh, flour's probably gone up, sugar, milk, and everything. So that $11 cake is now probably $13. You're right. not going to go in the store and say, this went up. I, I don't have $2 more to give you. It's either you're going to buy the cake or you're not. Right. We can't afford to that's cake it. right now. So we can't have our cake right that's now. It. <laughs> that's it. And that's how you have to stay firm in your pricing. You you tell people what your pricing is and have a reason behind it. Don't just make up a number and say, this is just how much I want to make. Because if you are having a high ticket offer, you have got to give high ticket business, customer service. Like people look for that because they're already looking for a reason to say, oh my gosh, I wasted my money. Right. You know what I mean? So you have to come like correct with everything and make sure you're on point with it. And so then with that, then how do, how does it look like when you worked with women and even with yourself, how does it then start to look when you work through those traumas? Cause I think a lot of people are like, yeah, okay. It sounds nice that, you know, I, I have boundary issues or I have codependency issues, um, mm-hmm. due to my trauma, but what is the other side going to look like? Cause I think that's a scary point. Like people just crossing that road to the other side, but what does it look yeah. like? I think people need something to aspire to. Like once you, it's. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, once you work through it, I don't, I don't know if I like finished that question all the way. Yeah, you did. Um, you know, the crazy thing is it's amazing. You know, like it's like being on a roller coaster and you know, it's going all the way up and you're panicking, panicking, panicking. But once it makes that drop, it just gets a little better because now you're like, I went through the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, the best part about like addressing your trauma is knowing that once you address it and accept it, you're going to go through the stages of healing. You know, Mm -hmm. like now it's not going to be so hard to deal with because now you're going to know, you're going to know your triggers. You're going to see like, oh, that person, I was just about to offer them less than a hundred dollars. When I said a hundred dollars, they just took it. So that means I should, I should have charged them 200. You know, like now you start thinking in a growth mindset, you let that fixed mindset or that poverty mindset go of limiting beliefs where you're like, this is just not going to work. I know it's not. Put it out there and try it. See what happens. And then that's going to carry you on the rest of your journey because you're going to be able to now have proof of things working out for you. You're not no, you're no longer holding on to, you know, what people have told you and how the past and stuff is. And it can definitely be very scary because you're like, I'm so used to things not going right for me. But what if this is the time that it's now going to go well for you? What if this is the time that you're now going to be able to shine? So you have to start documenting, like literally documenting the good that comes out, you know, when you start to heal and start to accept, like, I want different, I want better. And if I'm going to be a great businesswoman, I have got to understand that I'm limited in this, I'm limited in that. And one thing I will tell anybody, invest in yourself. You cannot get everything from Google, YouTube, and looking on people's Instagram. People show you the value on Instagram so you can know, like, and trust them and then invest in the bigger thing where they can either give you a small group 
or a one-on-one coaching or, um, you know, some type of investment where you can really, really learn and get out what's wrong with you. You know, and that's sometimes what we need as Black women. We have been taking care of everybody for so long. We never get that space of, this is just about me. And I can talk about me and what I go through. And that's usually what I give to my clients as well. We do small groups um, twice a month on Saturdays where everybody gets to talk. I show them my Instagram page. They show me theirs. We go through and figure things out. And I also often a one-on-one quarterly sessions just to like audit their brand and see where their mindset is. Like, you know, how are you feeling about the changes? Like, it's not about just the money coming in. Can you handle this? Is everything else okay in your life? Are you feeling better than you felt before? You know, you got to do some comparison too to see where you are. Right. And I think, you know, when you're dealing through trauma, like trauma is not just like this one layer, right? We're, we're talking about like multiple layers. So you get through one layer and then all of a sudden you're hitting blocks, especially in business mm-hmm. um, and probably in life too. But I think they're, we feel them more in business because they impact our bottom line. Yes. And I want people to understand, too, with um, trauma, your initial reactions are shock and denial. You can live there. You can literally live on those streets for the rest of your life. And that's what that's when you see a lot of people who are angry. They don't know how to communicate. They're down on themselves. They live in shock and denial from what happened. So you don't even deal with it. You keep repressing it constantly. So you got to be mindful of that, too. Right. So then it just keeps showing up in different themes in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Actually, I was going through your Instagram and you Mm -hmm. said women of color have endured years of trauma and an overload of responsibility, causing them to refrain from pursuing their goals. Talk Mm -hmm. to us a little bit about that, because that's that's so interesting. Like, I never really thought about the fact that because things happen, because we go through trauma, chronic trauma, that we we start to limit ourselves. You know, like I can't do or we don't maybe it's not even thinking I can't do. We just don't do. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, I feel like it's um embedded in our DNA, because if you think about African-American women, we are the epitome of the middle passage passage plan. You know, like when Europeans brought us over here as slaves and they didn't they said, I'm going to break them to the point where they don't believe that they can do anything unless it's doing it for us. That is in our DNA. You know, yes, you have people that fought back and they ran and they did whatever they could do, but replacing the limiting beliefs that were put on us with fear and, you know, constant danger and, you know, all of this stuff is in our DNA. So it's hard to take that like primordial brain and be like, I want to, I'm sorry, the primitive brain and say, you know what, I want to change because your brain wants to keep you safe. So your brain is saying to you, don't do anything different when we did stuff different back in the day you know, it got us killed. So you need to just calm down and just be grateful that you got this little section eight or be grateful you got this little job. You know, that's what people used to tell me all the time. Oh, you got a little city, you got a good city job. You should be fine in New York. I left my city job of 13 years because I just felt like that was not enough for me. God was literally whispering in my brain from 2013 until we moved in 2017. He said, you have to move to Maryland. Mm. And it was like over and over and over. And I was just like, I don't know why, but I have to move to Maryland. Like God is telling me I have to move to Maryland. I need to go. I need to see why he's telling me this, you know? So um, just being able to understand that we as a people have been through so much and usually it's the woman doing everything. When a woman is in the house, people feel safe because they're like, she's got it. She's going to figure out the bills. She's going to figure out the rent. She's going to figure out the food. She's going to figure out how to take care of the kids and grandma and grandpa and whoever else gets sick. She's got it. But imagine being that one person taking care of maybe 10 or 15 people and never getting a break. 
never having, you know, someone come and say they love you and they want to take care of you, except for if it's like Mother's Day or something, you know, it's just never a time where somebody, you know, can feel like, wow, people are actually caring about me like that. We didn't see a lot of that. You know, and then the representation in the media didn't help either because they're showing us as mammies and, and moms and, you know, all of that stuff anyway. So we have to work to inspire ourselves little by little every day to say, you know what? I know I may not feel like I've been through trauma, but I need to think about some things in my life. Bullying, um, <clears throat> maybe being a kid who just had to stay home by themselves because mom had to work. All of those things are traumatic situations, you know? And once we start dealing with that and saying, wow, so that's why I don't let my kids go anywhere because I remember my cousin touching kids. Hmm, I didn't think about that until now. That's why I don't let my kids go and spend the night at anybody's house. That stuff like that is real, right. you know? And then when you start to remove that, it starts to change like everything in your life because you feel like a weight is lifted and you feel like free. You know, and it will definitely impact your business because you'll believe in yourself more. You'll believe like, I can do this. I, I got over the trauma I was going through. I can definitely figure this stuff out for business. Right. The brilliance starts to shine through, right? It's like, exactly. there's not a, a woman, you know, or a person in this world who can go through all that. You know, you're taking care of everybody, everything that you listed, you're doing all that stuff. And that person's not yeah. brilliant, you know? Yeah. And I think what yeah. is so heartbreaking for me is to see women live this out over and over and over my own family and different families. And you're like, okay, if anybody did your job and at a corporate level, they'd be a millionaire. Right. <laughs> but you're over here with like zero yes. self-esteem because yes. this is what you've been fed and you haven't just been fed it like the last 20 years you've been, this is generational. Mm. Right. And I yes. think that goes, yes. that's so underestimated even by us until we mm. really think deeply about it. Um, one time I sprained my ankle at work. So I had to be off for like, I think maybe like two or three days. So my sister was like, oh, I'm going to come and help you. She's 14 years younger than me. Okay. So when this happened, she was like in her 20s. So she comes to my house and she was like, whatever you need done today, I can do it. No problem. So by this time I have my three kids. No, I had two kids at the time. So she comes and I was like, okay, well, this is what I need done. I have to go to the meat market. And I lived in New York. So you will push like your cart to the meat market so you can bring everything back. And then I said, I also need to go to the supermarket. I need to do this. I gave her the list. When she got back four hours later, (laughs) she was like, how do you do this all the time? I said, I didn't give you everything I needed done today. So what are you talking about? And she just was like, girl, you need an award that she did not really fully understand. You know, people will run on autopilot because we make it so. So black women listening to this, I'm sharing that story to let y'all know, no matter how big or small you think your contribution is, you literally keep people's lives running. They have no idea how it is to call and make appointments on the phone. And then you got to follow up and get prescriptions. And then you got to go and get the kids enrolled for summer school, um, summer camp, regular school. Do not doubt yourself. You can do a business. Just find something that you truly enjoy doing because it's going to have the hard times. But when you enjoy it, it's going to make it easier to continue through those hard times. Ladies, that right there was the mentorship of this episode. Like, I, that is so perfectly said, like, do not doubt yourself. You can do this. And I I think it's so true. And I'll go even further by saying, if, if you are in this state of doubt, like, can I do this? Or do I have what it takes to do a business? To your point, make a list, make a list of everything you've been doing to keep people's lives going in the black family. Typically it's not ever just your immediate family, right? Me, my kids and my, my spouse, or just me and my children. 
it's usually like cousins in there, aunties, um, grandparents, potentially pa- parents that are aging, you know, mm-hmm. so make your list and know that you got it. And then, you know, I think another thing that usually will come in for women is, well, okay, I still have all this stuff going on. Can I get a business? And I think that's where you come in yes. to be able to mentor them through like, how do I put myself first? How do I still make it work? And also like this big thing that we never talk about, you know, let's not enable people not, excuse me. Yeah, no, you're right. Enabling is a killer because we don't realize we're doing it because honestly, what we're doing is we're treating people the way we want to be treated. We want somebody to come and give us a break so we don't have to worry and we can like, you know, just feel better, but we do that to our detriment. You know, when you're enabling, you don't have a balance. You don't have a boundary. This person can literally walk in and say, I'm taking these underwear off. Can you wash them for me? And you're going to go wash them. Like, (laughs) that's crazy. (laughs) Right. That is like really crazy. No, you're right. And I think enabling comes from, as you said, that that place of wanting yourself, you know, to be able to be taken yeah. care of that way. And you're trying to, you're trying to model it for people, but maybe not in the healthiest way. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's super powerful. So tell us as this final point, and then we'll wrap up, how can listeners or people who are listening to this, and this is really resonating with them, you know, how can they work to like recognize their trauma and start to change their story? I'm glad you asked that because um, definitely going to my page is key. Like I've literally revamped my whole page to make sure that my mission right now is there. And my mission is the bloom and growth mindset. I want black women to understand that you can bloom where you are planted. That means that you have enough right now to get to wherever it is that you want. Okay. There is no, well, I'll wait till I get a car. I'll wait until we move into a mansion. No, no, no. Start now. Because as you go on your journey, your journey winds up teaching you so much stuff that you just need. So you can just be that person that you thought you would be when you were a little girl. You know, like I had no idea my life would would be through, would go through so many things and have so many twists and turns that, you know, almost broke me. But now that I'm older, I'm like, if I knew like I would be here, like even talking to you right now, that would make me proud as a little girl, you know, because I know that I'm inspiring others and helping them. So you definitely want to be mindful of what you want. This is your time. You don't have to wait till the kids get older and get out the house. You don't have to wait until, you know, you finally get married. All, all that is crap. You know, we we more than likely, if you're in my generation, you grew up on fairy tales and yeah. fairy tales never had us in mind. There was no representation. I don't have time to wait for Disney to finally make Princess Tiana a whole lady through the whole movie before I believe in myself. I don't oh need to God. wait for Ariel to be in Little Mermaid for me to be like, oh, now people are saying, no, no, you don't have to wait for any of that. Believe in yourself and surround yourself with like-minded people, okay? I have a community of people where, like I said, we get together, we talk, we um, make sure that we keep each other uplifted. Because at the end of the day, how is it hurting me if you are happy? How is that hurting me if I see you succeeding? It makes me more happy. And there have been so many people that I've helped that they wound up helping me even when I didn't know it. I remember um, when I started doing like, you know, the stuff on uh, Instagram, this lady, she, I helped her with her business and um, I didn't want anything from her. I literally met her because she commented on my story and we started talking from there and she came to a workshop I had back in January. So um, she was like, I like the turn that you're taking, but can I give you a suggestion? I was like, sure. She said, can you please talk more about yourself with trauma? Like, you know, you're giving good information, but I think people want to hear about you. And I'm like, but I am doing that. She's like, you're not, you're covering it. 
you know? So for her to do that, that was a trajectory change that I needed that made me like open up. And I remember I put up a picture of myself as a little girl and it's still on my page. And I said, you know, to you guys, when you look at this picture, you see a seven-year-old girl, a six-year-old girl, but this is me after I had been, you know, sexually assaulted by family members. And then I had to come from South Carolina to New York to live with one of those family members. Mm. That makes a huge difference in your life. That's where my anxiety comes from. That's where my people pleasing comes from. Cause I'm like, at least let me, you know, do stuff to keep everybody calm. And then maybe nobody will pay me any attention, you know? So when she opened up that gate, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the healing that I needed. And it hurts, you know, it hurts to let people know that you've been ashamed and embarrassed and used and abused and, you know, less than, and especially when you watch other people that you think have had a perfect life, but Mm. nobody has a perfect life. You may see a kid with all the nice clothes on, but at home, their parent is dying of cancer. You know, like there's so many different layers to life that we just need to humanize the black woman and stop telling us like, oh, the strong black woman is me. No, the strong black woman is hurt. The strong black woman is tired. And a strong black woman needs people who understand that she's a human being. So I hope that answered the question. Yeah, no, you, I was definitely saying like, you know, how can they start to recognize? And I think, you know, you touched a little bit of that, you know, start to recognize number one, it sounds like you're saying like, get around other people, you know, like other women in your space, community, Mm -hmm. right. Other black women, you know, be in the community. I think sometimes we, we shy away. And I was talking to somebody yesterday and she was saying like, you know, I got to this point where it was like, this isn't an option. I have to go get and be in community. I have to be open. It sounds like, you know, the woman that you talked to, she was like, Hey, you know, um, you could do this differently or, you know, tell us a little bit more about you, you know, and to her point, why? Because it's really hard for us sometimes to translate what you're talking about Mm -hmm. until you put it into context. This is what I was going through. Hey, you're going to notice trauma showing up. Like for me with my clients, um, I see trauma in different ways, usually codependency, myself, codependency, yes. right? And none of us want to say that out loud. It sounds so dirty. Like why I'm a codependent <laughs> person, but look, yeah. here's the thing. You don't have to stay there. And um, code, it's not that yeah. you're a bad person. It's just that you were taught a certain thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would venture to say, if you're a black woman who is in the millennial range, you know, you've probably learned those things just by way of watching mm-hmm. your moms, watching your aunties, watching your grandma. Um, yes. And so I How see they, they would neglect one thing because now a man is around. That's codependency. Right. You or know. even just, you know, the constant enablement of people who are, you know, uh, behaving yeah. badly, right? Yeah. Because they're afraid of losing them instead of being like, okay, I'm going to let you make your decisions, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, go for it. And, you know, yeah. this conversation was so important to me to have from a business standpoint, because we really, myself included, I really didn't see how deep this well ran until you get into business and you're like, okay, what's actually affecting my bottom line? And then all of a sudden, they always say, you have to feel the pain enough to be able to change. All of a sudden you're like, okay, wait a minute. What is it that I need to change? Because typically the people who are working through their trauma, they are, they're very high performing people. They're very, you know, um, you do anything to keep the, the spotlight off of you because you don't want somebody saying, you know, you're not effective. We're usually type A personalities for sure. 100%. And I, I'm pretty sure that the traumas cause you to be type A, you know, like it oh, kind of yeah. fed into that, you know. Um, so no, oh, th- yeah. this was this was so wonderful. And I thank you so, so much. Before we wrap this up, 
Let me just ask you, where can people connect with you? Where's the best for the place for them to connect with you? Well, if you are looking for me, I am definitely on Instagram. I would say to go on and find me under the name Mommy Morebucks. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. M-O-M-M-Y-M-O-R-E-B-U-C-K-S. Um, you can click the link in my bio to sign up for my email because I don't own Instagram. I don't know what their plans are. So I want to be able to keep in touch with you. So please sign up for my email list and also sign up for my text community. I text affirmations weekly to um, to people. I also text when I go live. Um, I do a Saturday night mindset balloon release where we either let go of the negative or the positive of the week just to let it out in the atmosphere. I buy a balloon. I write um, like stuff on it. And I get input from the audience and then we let it go together and say like some positive things just to put it out there. You know, I hope that that is cathartic for some people as well, just to give you an idea of what I'm doing. Um, you can also visit my website, mommymorebucks.com. Right now I have two freebies there. One is like a mindset workbook and worksheet. So it'll take you through so you can kind of see how your your mindset is framed right now. Cause I know some of these words are like trendy words that are being thrown around right now, mm. but I make sure I go into really explaining to you what you are doing. So you can make sure this is what you want to do and you're prepared for it properly. So with the mindset workbook and worksheet, it has affirmations as well. And then when you get to the end of it, there's a link there for you to click. And I have an organizing calendar for those mompreneurs that are like, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough time to do that. You're just using your time the wrong way. Right. You know, like you can binge watch something on on Netflix, but then you can also be interacting on social media to get your content up and get people over to your page. You know, there's always a way to do stuff. So with that calendar, I work to give you back two to three hours in your day to use as you choose. So you can go and down a little bit that as well. Those are absolutely free. I just had a workshop last week, Saturday on the 17th, that went really well where I discussed trauma and really like broke it down for people to understand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do another one very soon. So if you get on the email and text list, you'll get the information about that. But those are going to be like random pop-up workshops. I'm going to give like a week advance because I want to, um, you know, just keep people on their toes. I want to catch people where they're like, this was a week. I'm going to this workshop. <laughs> so, uh, and it's a chance for them to interact with me more than just going on live, you know, like they can actually like see me like how you and I are um, recording this as well. So I think that that will help some people too. So I'm just trying some things out. Thank you so, so much for being here, Latasha. This was such a great conversation. I think one that really needed yes. to be had. I was searching for the perfect person to have this conversation with. And I think you were definitely that person. So thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right, friends, thank you so much for hanging out and listening to the Black Girl Business Bar podcast and an extra special thank you to Latasha. If you found today's episode helpful or had any aha moments, we would love for you to share them with us by going to Apple Podcasts and rating and reviewing the podcast or sending us an email to Khalida at blackgirlbusinessbar.com. Ladies, this show is for you. So if there is a topic that you are dying to be mentored on or you want to hear discussed, let me know by sending me an email. We're dropping episodes every Tuesday and I can't wait to see you back then.